0: English learners. Today, we have someone all the way from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and she is not only an accomplished English learner, but at a very young age, she is also an English teacher. Welcome, Victoria. How are you?
1: Hello. Thank you so much. I'm good. And how about you?
0: I'm great. Could you please introduce yourself for our audience?
1: Sure. So, my name is Victoria, I live in Sao Paulo, as you have already mentioned. I am 19 years old, and I think I am the youngest English teacher that I have met <laughs> throughout my life. Um, I am studying in college science and technology, and I give English classes. Yeah, that's basically it. What else should I say about myself?
0: <laughs> that's good, that's good. That's great. Uh, I'd like to get right into it. So, your experience with English. How did you start learning? Uh, what? How old were you, and why did you?
1: Well, I have started learning English in 2016. In December of 2016, I was still in middle school <laughs> in 2016, and. I thought English was pretty cool because of the way it sounded, you know, like I used to listen to a lot of music, a lot of songs in English, and I really liked the way the English sounded, and I had a con- I had contacts with English uh, in TV shows, I liked Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes, they were British, they are British, by the way, <laughs> which is interesting, those were like my first contact. Um, with English and I thought English was cool and I, I wanted to sound the same way that I, I I listened to those people and they sounded they sounded like beautiful and I wanted it so I started learning because of that I admired the language and of course after a certain time I, I found out more reasons to keep going it would help me in my career It would help me in the educational area of my life. So, like, for school and such. And this was what kept me going. And that's my story with English. And I learned English pretty fast. Actually, like, if I compare myself to other people. So, in, like, six months, I was already talking to people. Like, people didn't believe that I... I had been studying only for six months. And I started teaching in one year and a half. The first time that I taught was in 2018. Okay. That I gave my first class. And because I I had this motivation, like this big motivation, I really wanted to sound the way that the people that I liked sounded. So the characters from the TV shows that I watched, the singers. Yeah.
0: So that brings up a couple of things. One, did you start out learning the...
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can say that because like in the beginning, I didn't really know how to deeper the British and the American accent. But I know that I really liked the, the British accent, but I didn't really know it was the British accent. And we have like a big variety of content on the internet, on YouTube and websites with the American accent. So I had this contact with English like in TV shows and and songs because I really liked Ed Sheeran, for example. They don't sing with the British accent. But anyway, I had this contact like in my practical life with the British accent. But every time that I searched for classes on YouTube and for content, uh, the internet would like bring up the American accent. So I think Mm -hmm. I, I started kind of mixed, you know, so I didn't so really actually, choose
0: one. When you when you search, you actually have to say British English if you want to bring up British English.
1: Yes, And yes. Then I British didn't English. really know um, that there was like such a difference. So yeah. I would search like only for English and like just like just like, accent.
0: Just like a lot of people find out they have to search Brazilian Portuguese or Portuguese from Portugal when they when they search thing. you know. Yeah. Um, because. A mixture comes up, but usually it's, it's Brazilian Portuguese that comes up, right? Yeah. So you kind of have to be specific when there are clear accents that you are searching for. Um, I've never seen somebody actually search for Australian English, but I suppose you could do that too. <laughs> yeah. Me. And the second thing, the second thing that brought up. So only a year and a half after you started learning English, you started teaching. <laughs> yeah. How old were you?
1: Sixteen. Yes. Like there was this project here. Like it it doesn't happen anymore because of the new government. Kind of changed some stuff. But there was a project that used to open the schools like on the weekend. For the community kids to have activities. To play sports and games. Board games. And like activities. Fun activities in general. And I applied, and for this project, and I wanted to teach because I really had this desire you know, for teaching because I loved English so much. And I applied for this project, and I started teaching at the school that I studied on the weekends, and I taught kids. So the first experience that I had with teaching was with kids from eight to twelve oh, that's
0: years good. old. That's good. I think and it's that, good. That to was pretty to start cool. I think starting with kids is a good idea when you're teaching anything, really, but especially a language, because you're you're teaching them the basics, and they don't have as many preconceived notions of how to speak a language or how to learn things. Right? They're more of a blank slate.
1: Yes, and that's awesome, that's awesome. And, like, another thing about kids that I like when I'm teaching is that they don't ask so many questions, like, when it comes to grammar, for example. Like, an adult will super ask, like, why is that this way? Why do I have to put that here? Why does it work that way? And if you tell a kid that the kid has to say that the way that that is, the kid, like, wouldn't ask questions, you know? about that grammar structure and such. So I really like it. And habits as well. So like pronunciation habits. Because it seems like it is easier for them to learn pronunciation. Like when I'm giving an adult a class, I have to repeat the same thing like over 20 times. (laughs) And sometimes the person won't get it. And when I'm teaching a kid, it's... So much more simple. Like I say the word once and the kid will get it perfectly. And that's something that I really admire that I really like.
0: Mm, I understand. And what would you say is the most challenging thing about teaching overall? And what is the most rewarding thing about?
1: Challenging, I think I would say patience. You gotta be really patient. Cause like pronunciation in general, I think English pronunciation is pretty hard, like I am still learning that and I think I will never stop and sometimes you gotta repeat too many times and like the person will keep on making the same mistakes and you you have to correct them and you gotta be patient, you cannot be mad at the person because the person is learning If you get mad, you're going to kind of muddle the learning process. So I think patience is the hardest thing, the biggest challenge. But it is something that I have, like, I don't know why, but in real life, like with friends, family, I am not a very patient person. But when I'm teaching, it's like I I turn into a different person because I'm super patient. If I have to explain like a million times, I will, like super patient And the most rewarding thing, I think, is that when your student is learning, you know, sometimes they send me messages and they say, I just watched a TV show and I understood like half of it. I understood almost everything. Or I feel more confident to speak, like students that are a little more advanced, but they they fear speaking, they feel afraid to talk. So when you see your students progress, and when they tell me and they, they get super excited and they say, so I understood, I talked to somebody, I read this, and I got everything, I think that's super rewarding, and I feel really happy. So I can see that all the patience that I had was worth it in order to pay off. job. And for me, that's the okay. last thing ever. Uh,
0: that's great. And it's interesting because the thing you said about patience, I'm, I'm actually the opposite. Uh, I'm a pretty patient person, but when it comes to teaching somebody something or being patient with somebody learning, unfortunately, uh, I get frustrated pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and it depends what it is, but usually if I'm going over the same topic over and over, it's very, very frustrating, and, and that's how I know I wouldn't really be a good teacher.
1: <laughs> yes. So I, I you have to go I see. I yes. Graduate. Yes, you have to go over the same thing multiple times, and you you can't be tired ta- because, like, if you feel stressed or tired somehow while doing that, your students gonna feel it. So your students gonna feel pressured, and like the person is not gonna learn. And that's a, that's a thing that I think it is something different that I have, you know. I I try to be very careful with the relationship that I'm building with my students. Because some teachers, they are really like teachers. They're very serious. They aren't going to talk much or talk about personal stuff. They are not going to laugh with their students. So they kind of create an, an environment of like pressure and I, I think that's why a lot of people they take a long time to start speaking and start feeling comfortable to use their English because they feel pressured and it is something that I see that is the opposite with my students they learn pretty fast because they don't feel pressured by me they feel very comfortable in our classes they talk a lot about their personal lives. When they find something difficult, difficult, when they, I don't know, they want to vent about something that made them sad during their learning process, they're gonna say it, and they're not gonna be afraid of me because they see me overall as a friend, you know. And I think that's something very precious that I have with my students and it helps them a lot to learn fast and with quality as well.
0: Great. So when you're teaching, um, or I should say the students that you're teaching, do they usually uh, start out as beginners with you, or do you start with them intermediate, or do you go all the way through? What has been your experience for most of the people you teach? And also, who has been your longest-lasting student? For example, who did you teach the longest?
1: Oh, okay. Um, so actually, my first three students, because I started teaching um, in 2018 that project, but I really started like giving private classes and charging for it, not as a project, not as a, a volunteer. This year in 2021. And so my first student was in February, and it was an intermediate student. And that was a big challenge for me because I was like this person, Uh, she was my friend, and we had been talking to each other for a certain time, but we never really talked in English. She would say that she was trying to learn it, and it was difficult, and she would ask me for help, but I thought she was a beginner. And then, actually I was going through a selective process to be an English teacher at a school, but then I kind of gave up because it took long to respond. They wanted to send me to another city that was far from my city. And then I gave up and then we scheduled this experimental class with this friend of mine and I was expecting a beginner. And then she started talking in English and she would like understand almost everything that I was saying. And we had a pretty nice conversation. And I felt very challenged. Like, what am I going to do now? So it's not a beginner. I'm not going to teach numbers. I'm not going to teach, like, weekdays, months.
0: So you, so you didn't, you didn't uh, know when she came in what level she was? You just assumed yeah. she was a beginner? Okay. Yes, I
1: found, I found out during the class. Like, I always ask, how are you? So I kind of start the conversation in English. And then she kept going in English and I was like, What? (laughs) And so I I felt like like I was not prepared, you know. But I said, No, I'm not gonna give up. She's counting on me. She really like begged me to give her classes because I didn't wanna give private classes. And I was like, I have to keep going. And then I started preparing the classes that were more focused on conversation and such, but it was a big challenge. Then I got another student that was intermediate as well. The student was a little bit more advanced than this first student because she was actually a teacher. So she taught English at public schools. And I felt even more challenged because she knew, for example, grammar and rules, so if I taught her something wrong, she would know that, <laughs> she would tell me, so I felt really challenged, but I, I felt like this was good, you know, getting to like, intermediate people at first, because after them, I felt like I was prepared, because if I got them that were, like, already speaking, and and such, I would be prepared for beginners, and the the other students and after a while like surprisingly i felt that teaching beginners is harder than teaching intermediate students and then i I got beginners i i got people that were starting from scratch and the earliest students that i have is jennifer this first one intermediate and i have been teaching her since february And I'm really happy because I can see her improvement. Now she can have like a conversation in English for one hour. Like in the beginning, she would still ask me for some words, for me to translate some words. She would sometimes not understand what I said and I had to slow down. And nowadays, she can keep up a conversation for one hour about any topic that I bring up and she would do well. So yes, that's it about my students.
0: Okay, so you would say that you prefer teaching beginners or intermediates overall?
1: Nowadays, I think intermediates. Yes, because I can give them conversation classes. And it is something like soft, you know, like I'm going to have conversations with them, talk about life, talk about things that I like sometimes. So I feel like intermediates are easier. And beginners, they don't really know much. So I have to be, like, extra patient with them. And, yes, intermediate.
0: Okay. That makes sense. And would you uh, – there's a saying in English, uh, when you teach, you also learn. Would you say that teaching has taught you things in English and just overall?
1: Yes, yes, for sure. Um, In English, because like those first students, they really challenged me. So I I had to study what I was going to teach them because I had to make sure I was going to teach them something right. And so I learned a lot of things. And I had to go over my grammar as well, because I learned English, like, through basically practicing. And I sometimes didn't know the rules behind the things that I I said. So I had to practice, to study, to do exercises, and I learned a lot. And as a person as well, because I have students who are much older than me. And sometimes they have much to teach me about life, about people, and I'm always learning with them.
0: Okay, good. That's great. We, we never really stop learning, of course. And every new experience we have, we learn something from. Um, let me ask you, do you think that Uh, As a teacher of English, um, it's important for you to have certifications, uh, testing, things like that? Or do you not put as much value on things like that? What what do you think?
1: I think it is important. Even though I don't have it, I think it is important. Uh, I think it is something I'm going to go for in the future. But, like, In practice, when you're doing it, like, your certifications are not nothing, you know. Like, when you're really teaching, because your student is not going to learn through your certifications or through your degree. Your student is going to learn through the way that you teach, that you're patient. And so I think it is something important, but it's not everything.
0: So just guessing, what would you think your current level is? In-
1: <laughs> I feel <be, laughs> afraid to answer that. Um.
0: Why? Don't I don't, you, know, don't like, be afraid.
1: How do you want me to?
0: Honestly, just honestly present whatever you think you your level is with whatever thing you think you need to work on. You know, just. In general, how, how good do you think your English is? Just-
1: yeah, I think I'm good. I think that I am advanced. I have a lot of things to learn when it comes to my pronunciation. I want to improve my accent. I still have to learn um, a certain amount of vocabulary to express myself better. But I think that I am advanced. I think that I
0: Okay, I, I agree. I definitely think you're advanced as well. And I don't think there are that many people who are advanced in English in Brazil, but many places. Um But do you have anybody around you who is at what I would call a or what people would call a high level of English or a very conversational level of English that you can practice with or just talk with for fun?
1: Oh no. I don't have anybody. I only met one girl like at school during high school in the last year of high school that spoke English fluently. She was the only person that I met here in Brazil. Not a lot of people speak English fluently. That's very rare to find. So no, I don't have anybody currently like close to me who I can practice with.
0: Okay. So, would you say most of your contact with English is online, other than? Yes,
1: yeah. totally, totally online. I don't have anybody to practice in person, totally online.
0: Okay. With that in mind, would you ever think about living or moving to a, a English-speaking country for a extended period of time? Maybe not forever, but you know, a couple years or.
1: Yes, for a certain period of time I would, to improve my English maybe an exchange or something not permanently, but yes yes, I think about that, like going to the United States I don't know, I I think about that in the future, I think that's going to be good for me and not only to improve the language but I think to improve myself as a person as well, you know, so get to know different people, a different culture I think that's a very valid experience
0: Yeah what what countries have you considered or would you consider going to?
1: Well, not that I like the United States a lot, but okay. I try to speak with, <laughs> with the American accent, so I think this would be a good idea to go to the United States, but only because of English. And a place that I really want to go to, if I can in the future, is England. Because I really like their culture and really like people from there. And Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yes, yeah, there. Any I, I don't.
0: I don't think you'll meet Sherlock Holmes, but maybe you can.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I really want to go there. Okay. And yes, those two places.
0: Those are good picks. Uh, so we're coming towards the end of the podcast. Uh, one question that I always ask everybody, before they leave, is what are your ultimate goals with English? Where do you see English taking you in the future?
1: Well, I think some somehow I've... Well, my, my goal, my it's a, a little bit of a crazy goal, but I really want to sound better in English, like close to, to what a native speaker sounds. And yes. I... I want to teach a lot of people. I'm currently teaching, I think, 15 students. So I, I want to impact people's lives, and you know, I want to help them. I have students that I teach for free as well. So I want to help people to improve their lives through English. And yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. it. I want to make a difference with English in people's lives.
0: Wow, that sounds great. Uh, I really admire that. And it sounds like you are helping a lot of people through your knowledge of the English language. And I, I think it's wonderful that you have students that you teach for free as well. Um, so that's all for today. Uh, that's the end of our podcast. Uh, Victoria, if you would like to shout out any social media, Or any projects you're working on, uh, if you have a website, anything like that, don't, don't feel free to have shameless plugs to increase your student base to get new students. It's fine.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, I have an Instagram account. It is Mary with a Y in the end. And I have also my, my English, um, Instagram profile that is on my bio. So if you guys want to check, that's going to be awesome. And thank you so much for inviting me, Preston. I feel flattered. And that was such a good conversation and I really love English and I love everything that I, I got through English. So nowadays I have friends because of that on the internet, virtual friends that I really admire, that I really like because of English. And it's like I can see a whole new world because of English. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm really happy, and I I hope I can make people happy as well through English and helping them with that. Thank you so much.
0: Of course, and thank you for coming on. A uh, very very special thank you oh,
1: okay. um,
0: because I I know that you are going to help a lot of people in English, and I know during this conversation you probably gave some great advice and stories about English to keep people motivated. So that's it for today's podcast. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care. Bye. Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> you want, you want, Jesus,
1: I felt so nervous. And my family was so loud. Ugh.